Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson, who may be out fishing for the day. Matt, are you here? Matt. What? Oh, dude. Come back in. Come back in, dude. Reel me back in. Yeah, grab grab that grab that thing you're sitting on, too. I want to talk about it. Because right. the guy that invented it's here today. Really? Yeah, man. Let me introduce him. Uh, with us today, we have Joe Pippins, who's the inventor, owner, founder, guy, everything of the fishing caddy. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting Watson in to actually do something productive because ever since I showed him the fishing caddy, that's all he's been doing. Yes, yes, it has that draw on people. Have you caught anything yet, Matt? Uh, some little carp. <laughs> Sun perches. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference. I don't think you can catch carp with most fishing. I don't think carp bite like that, do they? I, I bet Joe knows. They can. They they can. can. Uh, fishing caddy's that good. It is. is it? Yeah, it's that good. It's the truth. So <laughs> fishing is a pastime for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. Most Americans, uh, you know, uh, fish quite a bit. As a matter of fact, most of us have a lot of memories of people that we've gone fishing with and they've, um, some of them have passed on and it's really a strong emotional tug for a lot of people when you think about fishing. Yeah. You think about like my dad took me fishing You know, we go down to like the Ozarks and talk about catching those little sunfish uh-huh. or perch or whatever they are. And, mm-hmm. and so with that, um, it, it, you know, in the past you'd have a tackle box, you'd have some yep. other stuff and it was always kind of a mess. Like you grab like three poles by the time you got back up to the house or down to the dock, they're like tied up with each other. I don't know, man, there's all kinds of stuff going on. What do you do with your worms, bro? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with your worms, man? Eat them. That's weird. Yeah, ever, that's si- awesome. ever since the Philippines thing with balut and uh-huh. worms <laughs> and weird stuff. So anyway, Joe, you have invented an all-in-one fishing system and it is hot. It has taken off and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But man, what makes someone want to invent an all-in-one fishing system? Well, you know, I took up the sport of fishing as a way to uh, relax. Uh, my mentor who uh, recently passed away, Mr. Kurt Robinson, was my soccer coach and my, my basically like my, my dad. And, um, immediately, uh, he's like, Hey, we need to go fishing. So we go out fishing and, um, there's a process involved in it. And I've always been kind of the guy that, that enjoys processes like one plus one equals two and, you know, just really doing things the right way. So fishing was my way of forcing myself to slow down and also to slow my mind down. Um, because you can't rush fishing. And I found out the hard way, you know, from putting 10 worms on one hook and casting it, thinking I was going to catch 10 fish and <laughs> obviously not catching anything at all. So he really taught me that's the sport of fishing on the one, I believe one of the hardest fish to catch, which was trout. And, um, was, there's a science to it. You got to have the right line, the right pole, the right bait, the right, everything the hook even for that matter. So I noticed right away while I was fishing that it was a very, very, uh, traditional, um, cumbersome, um, overwhelming process that made me not want to go as much. So I wanted to do something about that for all Americans. So you could just pick up and go. Exactly. So, and, and But he's right. There's a lot of, you do end up having a lot of crap that you carry around when you go fishing. And I haven't gone fishing in a long time. I kind of want to. We like you guys to be interactive while you're listening to the podcast. So check out the fishing caddy. That's C-A-D-D-Y.com. And you can check out what we're talking about, why we're talking about it. So, okay. So 
Um, and by the way, thanks for coming in. We're, we're trying to branch out. It's amazing. We're going to get into not only the products that he's built, but talk about some future technology and stuff. Because, yes. you know, fishing was probably one of the very first things that people did. Mm-hmm. to eat right that's right you watch that show alone on history channel where they drop the people off in like the middle of nowhere oh yeah i've seen a couple of those naked and frayeds and yeah they, I love they that could stuff. use the fishing county Several for sure yeah but they're always <laughs> trying to fish it's one of the most i mean i'd like to i mean other than hunting that's one of the more yeah rudimentary things about survival so well speaking of that any what are the stats in the united states for fishing like is it more of a midwestern thing is it more no, national is it everywhere yeah well we have fishing that you know there's uh um, most of the fishing is done in freshwater and freshwater fishing is like, you know, lakes, ponds, rivers. Um, then you have saltwater and there's by far way more, you know, a freshwater fisherman, which the number one fish that people fish for is panfish, which my product's built for. So you got bass, crappie, catfish, bluegill, trout. So a panfish is all those fish and yeah, that's just like the ones that'll ties. fit in a pan. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now, now, obviously there are fish that get they grow sure. larger than that, but yeah. for the most part, that's what you consider a panfish. So. I've seen some big ass catfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they get huge. They yeah. get really yeah. huge. So. I've caught a big catfish before, but yeah, yeah. So it's a nationwide thing. It is, and as a matter of fact, it's yeah, it's a, it's actually a worldwide. And, and it's interesting stat statistics is that you know Hispanic fishermen fish about one point five times more than than uh, non Hispanic fishermen. Um, and you have a lot of people that use the kind of like you were saying, um, use fishing as a way to feed their families. So that's, that's one of the biggest things I think I enjoy about this product is not only are we bringing families together and just like you mentioned, you haven't been fishing in a while. And the reason why I would imagine is cause there's too much, just too, too, there's too many processes involved, you know? So with the fishing caddy, it's allowed families to get back together. Um, believe it or not, 70% of our customers, um, at this point have been women that have been using the product as a way to bring families together. And it's been well-received by the fishing community. Really? Huh. Wow. But you know, I think about, and then when I think about that, if I was going to go fishing with my family, Jill would probably be like, without a doubt, getting so many things together for me to carry that it would be maddening. I'd be like, we're just going fishing. Just yeah. at the pond right over there. And yeah, but the we got it. We got know? it. I, I would feel like I would need to find a Sherpa. Sure. <laughs> to carry so, all of the stuff fishing. So what exactly is the fishing caddy? Can well, you describe it for us absolutely, in detail? Yep. What started with the fishing caddy and what it is today is quite a bit different. But originally it started out on a five-gallon bucket and I wanted to put the rod holders onto the bucket. So we basically drilled the rod holders into the bucket to make the rods closer. So, so, so to, ba- right, to back up, the bucket was there just because it's a good seat. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can f- also put fish in it or whatever. But Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's got multi-use and every fisherman has a bucket. As a matter yep. of fact, that's actually what allowed what, when the light bulb went off. I was out fishing for trout and I looked down at the end of the bank and all the guys were down the other end. They're pulling in fish left and right. And I looked at my gear and I had a lawn chair. I had a tackle box. I had a stringer. I had my, uh, my fishing poles and my bait. And I just had so much stuff. I didn't want to walk all the way down there. So I just sat put and I pulled my binoculars out and I looked around and there was most of the guys were sitting on upside down buckets. And that's when the light bulb went off. Okay. So we attach the rod holders onto the bucket so the rods are closer so you don't have to run down and miss bites. Um, I attached uh, um, LED lights for safety. So when you're walking down to the banks, instead of having a headlamp that costs $40, our LED lights are built in and they're waterproof. So you can use them to tie your knots and also illuminate your path. Um, that was a really big safety feature that families wanted, you know, when they're going fishing with their kids. And the number one thing that fishermen asked for after we had started designing a fishing caddy, because we did tons of focus groups, of fishermen, wives of fishermen. They said that until I put a place where they can put their beer, they were not going to buy one. So. <laughs> you know what? And he, that's true though. I mean, it like is. that's like, that's I mean, funny. 
So, I mean, hey, a lot of beer gets drank during fishing. Oh, well, there's nothing sure. else to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're sitting there waiting. Yeah. I think that's kind of the point of fishing for some people. Yeah. Like, you know, Relaxing. you look at you look at Matt and I, and like, I mean, my schedule's on absolute overload right now. Like the idea of like going and doing nothing and sitting on a bucket and drinking beer. I don't even care if I throw a line out. Yeah. Like that right there sounds like let's just go do that. I was going to last weekend, but it was too damn hot. I, I mean, if I can, I'll, yeah, maybe a bucket full of beer would be good too. A fishing uh, caddy full of beer. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> so, but with that, and and by the way, once again, go, you got to go check, if you're listening, you got to go check this out, go to thefishingcaddy.com. There's a really cool video on that. Now I want to fast forward before we go back in the timeline, just because I think this is going to really get your folks attention. So you have been featured on ABC with Steve Harvey. Yes. And he, when he, did he call, did he announce you as the right name? Um, he yeah, did. He okay. Did that's good. Cause he, he, he took did. a swing and a miss on Miss Universe. I he think did, he did. And that it's funny that, that, that you say that, cause that's a lot of people. His last one his notoriety came from that. It's know? funny. See, if you ever are bored, look up like Steve Harvey, uh, just, just YouTube Steve Harvey. Cause his, his, uh, hosting on the family feud, he's got some really funny reactions. He's, yeah. he's an awesome guy. And he's a fellow fisherman. Most importantly, and I found that out during the show. So we had an instant connection. He's he's he's, a, he's an awesome guy. So you've been on ABC recently. Your products are you getting ready to distribute your products through Cabela's uh, and Cabela or Cabela's, Cabela? Cabela's and Bass Pro. Cabela and then Ace Hardware. Yeah. If you have you ever been to a Cabela? Yeah, I have. Dude, it's like mega. Uh huh. Right. It's all like Bass Pro. Yeah. Same thing. Mm-hmm. They're competitors. They that, don't buy the same company. Now. But that mm-hmm. are they really? Yeah. They consolidate. I, I see. I see. So, but anyway, that's a major distribution there. So yeah. obviously, someone bought into this, and now I want to go back. So now, here you are, and you you solved a pro. You you see a problem you need to solve. Um, but dude, products are hard. Like oh they're gosh, hard yeah. because like you have to build it, you have to manufacture oh, it. Yeah, There's so all much. these different things that come up. You have to fulfill orders, and yeah. then to get. I mean, I and then to get into places like you're talking about. Not easy. It's extremely difficult. And the hardest part about building a physical product is in the early stages, you get so much resistance and fishing has been such a traditional sport. I mean, I've been laughed at. I've had people talk about taking, you know, restroom breaks in my product. I've had people <laughs> just like be just downright evil. And we go to trade shows and there's hundred thousand fishermen coming through there. And it almost seemed like this one demographic of customer was just the rudest, meanest, and it just was consistent. And my guys, you know, we take a beating at these shows, you know, and I remember, I had literally taken my fishing caddy, my prototype and put it in the trash. And I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not ever going to do this. I'm, I'm, I can't handle this. People are on Facebook. They would just be like really just beating me up. And then I woke up the next morning and I remember I had a previous product that I had invented a few years ago and I, and I let that product go. And a major car manufacturer had it in their vehicles from 2008 to four. And I remember that failure because I bought the car and I, my technology was in that car. And, um, I end up uh, pulling my prototype out and I was like, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep moving forward. And I realized there's a difference between critics and consumers. You know, consumers taught me what I need to make my product better. Like, how can I sell you a fishing caddy? What do I need to do? A critic, this person is just going to just put you down and maybe they've given up on their dreams. Maybe they've forgotten what it feels like to be, uh, to be a developer and to bring something to market. So those guys, their, their only goal is to try to make you give up. So you become like them. And you've got to be brave enough to push through that and not only just be brave enough to push through that, but to understand that that your vision, it does matter. And and what it is today and what it may become years from now is two totally different things. But you'll never know that if you give up. But you got to I mean, so the struggle is real. And like we talked about this before we hit record and, you know, the realism 
And, you know, you, you, he said to me, he goes, man, I just want to tell the truth to people listening. Cause you know, the shit's the struggle is real. Yeah. I mean, no matter what you're trying to build or what you're trying like, I, I don't know. I, do people say to you like now that this has been six, Oh, you're lucky you've done this. I'm like, I did not feel lucky. Last yeah, there's week no luck I, involved. I did not feel lucky no. when I worked 90 hours last week, guy. No. you know, and stuff like that. And like the personal price of, of entrepreneurship and business ownership and innovation is high. How many different product iterations did you go through? Um, well, at least six. And it started out on a five gallon bucket drilling through. Then we went back to the market and asked fishermen, what do we need to do to change? It's changed quite a bit. We have, we actually have some really cool stuff that I can't reveal yet. Um, that's coming down the pipe. That's going to blow away the fishing industry. And it's going to bring a lot of the younger generation of fishermen into the sport of fishing. Oh, wow. He's going to install an iPad and so my yeah. kids will actually go fishing and pay attention. <laughs> one, right. one, one part of the population required the, uh, the beer holder. The other one requires the iPad holder. Okay. So the future generation will probably be my kids watching other kids fish yes. on YouTube. Yes. I'm like, come <laughs> on guys. Can we like do something for real? Like, no, that is so therapeutic though. I love watching people fish on YouTube. That's I love I, okay. Now I will say. Uh, and so I don't watch go. I'm not a, I don't watch golf either. I probably wouldn't watch fish fishing a whole lot. Like maybe the highlights, like them pulling the fish out. Yeah. I enjoy more. I actually saw a thing the other day where you talk about carp. Some guy was trying mm-hmm. like reaching these giant carp mm-hmm. swimming down. He's trying to like feed him and it jumped up and it pulled, it, like took his whole like forearm into oh, his geez. mouth and he's like wow. flopping around. I was like, holy shit, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I have a funny story about fishing and where the fishing caddy would have helped. So, all right, I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, my parents uh, have a house that's on a golf course, and they're on a hole that has a water hazard. So I had a pond literally like within 50 yards of my house. used to fish all the time. So I was out one day. This isn't really a funny story, but, you know, a treble hook, so three oh, hooks, yeah. barbed. Uh, it was a windy day, and I hooked myself in oh, the back goodness. of my freaking head. Oh. I got two out of three hooks. Oh. I got two out of three hooks stuck on, I mean, lodged in the back of my head. So here's the thing is I, I went to cast forward, these hooks snapped and I thought I got hit in the head with a golf ball because I was fishing on a golf course. Like, oh. cause it went, I mean, it was like thunk yeah, and really. it yanked my head for, I really did. I thought I got hit in the head with a golf wow. ball and I reached back and I felt the hook back there. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh. Um, so now this is Damn. where something like the fishing caddy would have, wouldn't have been helpful. So you know, at this point I had to like, you know, I, I basically had to cut the line off and then I'm like crying. <laughs> my sister finds me halfway home and she thinks I'm dying because I have a fish hook in my head. But yeah, I had to go to the emergency room yep. and, and have a fish wow. hook removed from my head. So yeah. Um, yeah, that happened. I haven't told, I even thought about that for a wow. long time. Okay. So that not that going fishing with you cha- fishing <laughs> challenges all right so I, I have another i have a question about fishing. please i have yeah. a theory please man. oh is, is i have time? a theory is all right time? so this is my theory i believe that there are, are people who like to fish mm-hmm. and there are people who like to eat sushi but they are almost never the same yeah you're right 
I can weigh in on that. Do you want to, are we going to test the scientific data? I agree. I agree. I think that the people eating the sushi are um, people that probably don't like to get their hands dirty too much. That's me. And uh, I love sushi, but like, (laughs) I gotta be honest, like now here's the thing though. It's like if Joe, if you call me up and you're like, Hey dude, let's go fishing. Like, I I mean, yeah, I'm fine. But I, I mean, honestly, like I'm not a fisherman. Like I, I don't, um, but I don't do a lot of stuff like that. People ask me to play golf all the time. I don't play golf. I mean, I can, I have golf clubs. I don't have a fishing. Do you have a fishing pole? Like a nope. real one? Nope. So you're not a fisherman. I love sushi, though. So you're a sushi guy. I love All sushi. Right. So that's my theory for you. So, Joe, wait. When you're doing advertising, you do exclude you, everybody who eats sushi. Are you a him. sushi guy? <laughs> yeah, I actually eat sushi, too. Mm. Yeah. He's kind of like... I'm weird. It's okay. I'm, weird. I'm a unicorn. Yeah, I didn't be. say it was a perfect theory, but it's just gener- stereotypically speaking. That's my theory. So, Matt, in, in the yeah. course of your life, as you're coming ab- about arriving at different conclusions... Yeah. There's no other way to sugar. How the fuck did you come up with this theory? Like for real, like tell me how exactly you came up with that. I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, it was four o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. And you're and, like, uh, <laughs> it just dawned on me and I'm like, man. And you're sitting there thinking, man, you know what? I bet people that really like sushi aren't avid fish. Yeah, it just came to me. Yeah. Boom. Just this is my Anthony. business partner, by the Boom. way. This is what he's, this is what he, these are the problems he's solving. Yeah. There you go. And then he comes Evidently, I was right. So he's like, he dude, was. I have figured it out. I did. I'm like, tell me about it. And he's like, figured so people that like sushi probably don't like to fish that much. I'm like, thank you for figure, for solving that because most of the people in my family that love to fish they all hate sushi so i, yeah, I just put the two together well so. here's the thing when you say that it's so true because there's other fishermen <laughs> the opposite we don't like to eat other people's fish we yeah. just don't like it like we'd rather catch our i don't fish like fish though fish. like i kind of like sushi but i'm not i mean not all in I, I like i'm not a big fish guy like if you give me like some people like get the trout you know and it's oh, got yeah. the head on it and all that i mean yeah, it's just not me man you it's gotta find no- the right Recipe. I'm a red meat kind of guy, man. I mean, I'll eat barbecue all day, but I've just never been a fish guy. <laughs> never really, I never really grew up liking it. I mean, you? I've never been big into fish either. And all our travels, the Philippines, it's interesting because a lot of times they eat the whole fish. Uh, uh, I mean, all of it. The whole, yeah. Oh, um, dude. There's some, like when I was there last, when I was there with Matt and like, they're bringing it out. I'm like, they're like, do you want the fish? I'm like, not if it's coming with the hat on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does kind of ruin it for a lot of people that are not avid fishermen because it's like it's looking at me uh, well Amer- americans <laughs> have no concept of where their food comes from oh, it all no. comes from all a right factory. wait a minute exactly. I'll, I'll post this video later so we were actually eating sushi in the philippines mm-hmm. and they brought out all these courses of the meal remember the one that the, okay so yep. i'm sitting there and one of our employees looks over me and goes i think the fish is looking at me i was like dude it's dead <laughs> he and he goes and then he said it again he goes the fish it's looking at me oh gosh the fucking fish was still alive. Yeah. They were like, it's apparently a Japanese delicacy, but someone reached up and poked it and the thing stuck its head up and like looked over and I was like, Oh my God. And yeah. no one touched <laughs> that for the rest of the meal. It, I have it on video. I will post it. It was not like, and it's like a seven. You've seen the video. Uh huh. Yeah. Like for real. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, so anyway. Okay. So back to the fishing caddy and you catching your fish so you can create your own memories of eating the fish that you thought was not alive. Okay. So creating a product presents a lot of challenges. You obviously have to build it, but then you have things like fulfillment and, um, and sourcing and manufacturing and stuff like that. So 
give us some real talk, man. What were what was some of the ups and downs of that whole process? Well, I'll tell you, it's I felt I always felt it was important for me to know my business and do every aspect of it myself, and I, that's really Amen. what I've been doing up to this point. And before I hire people and I look out for outside help, and truth be told, I've actually learned that I know more about my business and how my business is integrated into the sporting goods and outdoor industry than anybody I've come across. And that that's not a, a, a cocky or arrogant statement. It's because I've taken my time to really learn um, fulfillment as an example. Uh, where I do my own fulfillment. And there was a time I'd work 14 hours in the car business and finance and come home, spend a couple hours with the fam, and I'd be up till three o'clock in the morning filling orders and making fishing caddies by hand like spray painting the rods, hand stitching the lids. I mean, I would took this seriously. I even cut my decals out with scissors because uh, I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. So the fulfillment side of it is important, obviously. Um, materials, you know, I did have to source several different um, manufacturers for my hardware and my lids and things like that. And I was always trying to find a way to cut my costs and also find a better partner, people that I know are going to be able to execute. So the biggest thing that I will say um, when build, building a physical product, you've got to think about how is the end user going to receive this product? And that's something I did not do. Um, we had huge boxes. So shipping was $25 a shipping. Yeah, I was going to say, because you, you, the, the core of this product is the five-gallon bucket, right? Well, it was. It's no longer, but it was. And that's what got us here. And uh, but, but that but that you can't make that smaller. That's a fairly big thing. Yeah, well, you can make it smaller. Um, we have a fishing caddy mini for the kids because you know, we're all about families going out fishing. But we are segueing um, more towards attachments where guys and families can put them on their own buckets. But that was a part I did not even think about. And I had actually hired someone to walk me through that beginning part of the process because I was really uncomfortable with what the next steps were. And, that and was which part was up. that? Just the manufacturing of it or the design? It was not never design. It was all manufacturing and how I was going to get my product to the end user. This is and, where something like Amazon Prime is great and you get your free shipping. <laughs> it was like a, yeah, expensive even, to ship. People don't know, but like for me, Amazon Prime is uh, is not profitable. Didn't work for you? I mean, we have to sell our fishing caddies on there for almost over $100. And you know, Yeah, I was going to ask, how, how much is the fishing caddy? Well, it starts out at uh, $49 and um, for the starter model. Um, and you can get the, the deluxe model for $79 on Amazon or on thefishingcaddy.com. So okay. you are on Amazon. Yeah, we are. You kind of got to be, though. I mean, yeah, but Amazon's, not on Prime. No, we are on Prime too. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah, we we have to we send select amount of inventory to Prime because they've changed the algorithms there, and that's something else I learned. Um, there's been so much learning with this, and I'm so glad that I that I didn't really have a lot of help with this. I had to figure it out on my own, and I failed miserably so many times. But Amazon Prime, if your inventory sits there too long, they charge you fees. Yep. And when these fees hit you, it's it's like it's devastating. So you're almost better going lean with Amazon Prime and continuing to send product maybe weekly or whatnot, because there's a long process involved. And if you get hit with those fees, you better use that amount they're going to fine you with on advertising and blow your inventory out using that because you're going to lose $600 anyway, which is yeah. my case. So the first time I lost 600 bucks and I was like, man, how can I do this differently? And then that's when it dawned. I was like, dude, just spend the six hundred dollars in marketing and get rid of the inventory, you know. Right. So, but yeah, that was a big piece of it. Also, channels. You got to know where your customers are, and got it. You have to know how to market those channels and how to get your customers to find you there. Like Etsy's huge for Father's Day. Um, hmm. You know, we would just do tremendously. Well Is that a big Etsy. source of sales? Do you have an Etsy store? We do. We have Amazon okay. sell Etsy, and then we also sell, of course, um, you know, uh, on my website. Now we have Shield Sporting Goods, which is an Overland yeah. Park. So we're there nationally now, which is also the size of an arena. It's huge. Oh, yeah. Those that I there's literally, and for those of you that aren't in Kansas City or don't know what Shields is, they have like a full size carnival Ferris wheel inside yeah. it, and I know it because I have to take my daughter and to ride it. Shields yeah. and other places. 
Yeah. 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 And they're great partners for small businesses. They were the first people that did business with the fishing nice. caddy without all the, the crazy red tape. So nice. shout out to everybody at Shields and Overland Park, Taylor Bealman, um, and all the people that are over there in uh, Shields corporate too. Thank you. So speaking of shout outs, um, you know, for people that need to sell stuff on Amazon, you know, we've got a partner of the podcast, Andrew Morgan's over at Marknology. Yeah. You know, Andrew. He's, he's done work for us. Absolutely. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Andrew's, he is awesome. He knows a lot of stuff about Amazon. You can check him out at marknology.com if you need to figure out how to sell some stuff. But I've learned so much from listening to him. So um, also Amazon started cutting some people off because they have what they call crap. Can't realize a profit. Oh. And mm. it's not like on certain things like Amazon's just like, it's like, I'll give you an example would be like, uh, like a, tw- like a case of water. They can't realize a profit. Right. And they, they're using warehouse space. It's just not efficient. So I mean, Amazon tried like, to order a dish soap on there the other day and it wasn't on there. It must be the same thing. They mm-hmm. cost too much to ship or whatever that you couldn't really buy dish yeah. soap. Yeah. Or yeah. So different, different challenges. And so one of the things that Amazon is, and yeah, that the prices are kind of steep, but so is running your own fulfillment center yeah. and your own warehouse and stuff like that. So for AKA a lot of your garage. Yeah, started out in my basement actually. Then now this has to have, this has to have grown well past that <laughs> yeah. for you to be sourcing to these big stores because I, I I would imagine when Cabela's or Bass or Shields, I mean they buy stuff, they're not like, hey, we'll take four. Yeah, they're they're buying thousands, hundreds, hun- hundreds or thousands of units at a time. And when you talk about that fulfillment piece, it was important for me to do that myself. And I found my partner, my fulfillment was stealing from me thousands of dollars every single oh, month. Oh, wow. And I found it. And guess what? They found out that other people that were a part of that company were also getting stolen from because I, I was able to find my margins and realize that if zone one does not cost $16, if zone one costs $6. So there was some tremendous lessons I learned there because I did my own fulfillment. But yeah. had I had not done that, you know, when ABC hit in December, we were sales were just rolling in like crazy. It's good. To so get when you excited. say ABC, that was when you were on with Steve Harvey. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we that kind great. of something like that. I mean, and that's another thing too is like, well, you look at things like Shark Tank or just yeah. different things that all of a sudden you all that you're like there. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel from Cambrian was talking about that. Uh, remember on his uh, so they had a, a Home Depot ad came out and they make technology uh-huh. that helps yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and like, they got 150,000 downloads in oh, two wow. hours. That's like, I mean, just some, like when marketing or exposure actually works. works, are you able to handle Correct. that? And I'll tell you what happened to me. You talk about pitfalls and learning lessons. Okay. That video, we had a video on this website called Oddity Mall and it went viral like in two weeks. It was like 1.2 million views in two weeks. So we were just selling everywhere the fishing caddy was, people were buying. There was people selling fishing caddies on Amazon, on eBay for $400. They wow. were literally marking them up. Yeah, they were buying them for me and selling <laughs> They're them. They're scalping them. Yeah. Wow. So There's was, a secondary. Now market. you know you've made it. There, it was yeah. Crazy. It, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Well, but. no, that, no, he's <laughs> right though. Because look, all right, I actually talk about this in Million Dollar Bedroom. There's a difference between popular and passionate. And when you can sell something for a premium up and over, like it is a sign that something has gone to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I was excited. As opposed to my books, which sell well below face value (laughs) on on eBay. You just give them away for free. Uh, That might be why I've been flooding the market because I'm like Garth Brooks. I'm just going to keep adding shows and shows and shows until like the whole market collapses. But I mean, if you want it and it's something, I mean, the struggle's real on that. Like you look at things like the Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh yeah. 
you know, the Matt Watson doll was big a couple of years yeah. ago, right? Yeah, and it was really big. That was big. Yeah. I traded all my Beanie Babies for one of those because mm-hmm. the guy at the store told me it'd be worth it. When, <laughs> How's that going? I don't know. It's a weird looking doll. Yeah, it is. We throw it against the wall. It's like a redhead. We throw it against. Child. I know we throw it against the wall a lot when we're. It's like the problem child. Yeah. <laughs> so so here you go. You have a problem, and so you ran. So basically, I you ran out. out. You I ran sold out. out everywhere where there was a fishing caddy. I sold out, and I did not have the the manufacturing to do it. My manufacturer, unfortunately, his daughter passed away, and he shut down everything, and I was not able to fill some orders. And I don't think there's anything more stressful than than to lose eight hundred orders on Amazon overnight. Um, when you say lose them, they just disappeared because they went past 30 days on my website. I was able to keep my customers happy. So So I had all these customers waiting to buy my product and couldn't get it. These are Christmas presents. And I would, it was overwhelming emails and phone calls like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Where's my product? And I just finally, I sent out a mass email. I was like, listen, guys, apologize. This will happen. You know, we're going to send you pictures of your fishing caddy, put it in stocking, um, or we'll cancel your order and give you back your money, whichever you prefer. To you got it. a lot of cancels, bro. No, I didn't. You didn't. I only lost. I lost eight hundred on Amazon due to Amazon's racing the customers. Basically, we only lost 20, 20 huh. customers decided that they just did not want to wait for it. But the rest of them, I got guess, it, it, I guess, it in a fishing product in a lot of markets, if you don't have it in December, as long as it's, it's there okay. by spring, you'll yeah, probably, probably be all right. Okay. Now, if you were selling snowboards, yeah, maybe a much different story yeah. there. Okay, and, but these are Christmas presents too, and there, there's a. There's a little bit of a nostalgia factor with fishing that is like unspoken. It's kind of like a, um, you know, you think about like Captain Crunch when you say that, what happens? Your mouth starts watering. Um, when you think about um, Ninja Turtles, you think about um, just Cartoon Network. There's pizza. Little, pizza, yeah. <laughs> There's warm and fuzzies that go on with that. So when people are giving this product to their their loved ones, they're getting something out of it too. You know. When I think about Watts and I think about green M and M's, and that's why I'm going to eat more of this. <laughs> Those are mm. good. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, are you still upset? Yeah, about the tour bus. Yeah, green M and M's. You're right. You're not a rock star anymore, dude. No, we got you. Talk about hype. <laughs> we were so excited when we made it into the top 200 of business podcasts, and then Apple just they don't have the list anymore. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, we were up to like top 80 or something. Yeah, we've been, awesome. been in the top 70s. But yeah. Yeah, but now the list isn't there. I was just curious yesterday. I went to go check, and I'm like, wait a minute. So now we're top three. Yeah, we just make it. Now we'll just make it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think briefly we peaked at number one. Yeah, that's, then, that's incredible. Well, actually, we can't say that because now they just have the top two hundred. That's like all podcasts. But mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like, dude, do you know how many podcasts are out there? Yeah. Okay, so you've had to overcome a lot of these. Do you have different? Do you have more than one place you make these now? Um, right now, yes, we have a manufacturer uh, here in the U.S., which is local, which was important to me just when I was starting. Like local, like here in KC? Yeah, yeah, okay. right here in Kansas City, yeah. We have another manufacturer in, uh, in, in overseas as well. Okay. So, and I'm working on getting um, everything that's overseas here in the U.S. and vice versa. So I'm able to get my margins overseas, and I'm able to get quicker turn time here in the U.S., which, of course, is down you know, in Kansas City. So if I need an order done, my, my manufacturing partner can literally give me thousands of units within a day. And he's wow. he's been that type of partner for me. That's legit. Yeah, that yeah. can handle that because you don't know when those little surges are going to come. You yeah. can't. That's the one thing about hype is you just don't know when it, sometimes when it's going to happen. Right. How can they do that in a day? They have all the parts just sitting they, there ready to go? They've got my molds. Um, we're working on moving my molds. A lot of my like you said, like LED lights and all this stuff. Like they have all these components and parts just sitting on the shelf. Well, those come from other suppliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they're going to make five thousand of these tomorrow, they got to have them tomorrow. Yeah, the the supplier parts are are the the area that is um, 
very, that's probably the, I would say not probably, that is the challenge because I'm not going to go out and buy 5,000 lights without having 5,000 orders, but I will let my manufacturer, you know, build me enough parts and I can get the other parts on overnight and get them here quicker. So, so, so sending it from China and waiting 30 days for it. You yeah. Know, so I used, to, I used to work for a musical instrument manufacturer and they did billions of dollars a year in sales for Roland and I mean a lot of stuff. And, and when we sell stuff to chains and stores, it's not like they, they're like, okay, cool. Here's the payment. And now, oh, yeah. so I would imagine that's a challenge or has been at some point, which is funding the production and your yeah. AR and your receivables. Has that been something that's been absolutely because yeah. any, because I guarantee you Cabela's bass, all these people, they're probably like net one eighty. Uh, net 60 net 60. Okay. Yeah, which but is still, still, if they order 5,000 of them and it costs you. Yeah. I'm going to guess tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to make them. Yeah. There's, there's a definite I mean, that's a lot of stress there. And I think that's where, um, you know, my, my partners that I have, you know, investment group and whatnot, they're, 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 they got my back on that piece of it. So that is, um, that's always in the back of your mind. Like yeah. success can be the kiss of death too. And I have one of my other partners, success can be the kiss of yeah, death. Sure. You know, one of my business, my other partners, he was on Shark Tank and he sold so many units. He almost went out of business because it sounds like that would never happen, but just exactly what you're saying is, is, is what almost occurred to him. Yeah. That's something that, I mean, when I've talked to different entrepreneurs or people and I'm like, are you, so everyone's always obsessed with like, Oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. You know, the sky's falling, blah, blah, blah. Well, what yeah. happens if everything goes right? Exactly. Cause it can present like a whole nother, like we went through that with full scale. So, you know, Matt and I own a business. We help companies like yours build tech or do different stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we grew really fast, like really fast. And, uh, it presented like the opposite kind of challenges. Like most mm -hmm. early companies are struggling for traction, for revenue, for everything. We kind of have the opposite issue. Like all of a sudden we had a shitload of employees and we're like, wow, we hired 30 people this month. That's $60,000 worth of laptops yeah. and, you know, paying for all this stuff up front and doing a lot of different things. So, I mean, cash flow is the lifeblood of a business. And, and for those of you listening, like the struggle's real, like regardless of the stage, like we mm -hmm. still talk about that at, at full scale, like in just yeah. different stuff. It's like, <clears throat> it's hard to, to, to manage it because you don't always know when someone else is going to send you a check. Correct. And you can't and make them send you a check. You either. can't make, you can't make them. And that was something we ran into like at some of the, the, you know, when I worked for others was sometimes, and sometimes people don't pay. Yeah. Like literally just don't pay. Yeah. And then you have to deal with that. And these are all, and especially when you don't understand, like, I mean, I think at any point, like one of the things that retailers use a, a phrase is shrink. And that's everything from things that are getting stolen to things that are broken or things yep. you just don't account for properly. Yeah. And until you understand, like, I mean, that's going to happen. You're not, there's no way you're going to make 5,000 of anything and not mess up one of them. Yeah. And so, I think that's something I think that I would encourage a lot of people to think about from the beginning. You got to think about what can go wrong first yep. and build around that. Which is hard. It is. It is. And what you just talked about there. You know, when you got 5,000 units and there's this problem and now you've diverted your attention away to that problem, your business is also suffering too. So you need to, you got to be real careful with that. Have you had that problem? Yes. I mean, where you've times. made like hundreds of them and you're like, oh shit, every one of them's messed up. Well, that actually happened to me last year, well, 2017, right after we were on the ABC show, um, my manufacturer had built hundreds of my rod holders that were defective. And I found that out because my kids and I were assembling product at Old Park Mall. We had a pop-up kiosk there. And my dad, my son's like, dad, this, this is not going on there. Like it's not fitting. 
and I went to try it and I had to use pliers to get it on. And yeah. That's, and I was going to say, crazy. that's something that would, ha- that happens a lot is, is part changes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like when I worked, when I worked for Roland, they did something rare. They made 100% of their own parts so they could have full control yeah. over that. Cause especially with like electronics and different components, like if someone changes like the diameter of a dia uh-huh. or something, it could like mess up the whole yeah. entire thing. Yep. And just different stuff like that. And then uh, one of the things, too, that I've, t- you know, built it, it, a lot of people source things to China or wherever. Well, you get your uh, your nine containers of something in mm-hmm. and then you realize it's messed up. Yeah. Oh, oh dude, that's that's game over. Yeah. So what, what did you do? You had like hundreds of them that are wrong. What do you, you don't know who bought them? You don't know where they went. I always put. I feel like every time you have a product, you've got to put a guarantee in for the customer. So from the beginning, when I was doing Fish and Caddy designing it. I knew I was expecting flaws. So what did I do? I put a 60 day money back guarantee. I'm begging you to send yeah. it back. Please tell me what's wrong. Like, yep. tell me right, right yeah. now. I'll give you back all your money. Just tell me. Um, so that's what happened. Tell me before I get any deeper down this hole. Yeah. And before yeah. we go to mass with the, with the flawed product. So we got phone calls from people and we just either gave them an option. Hey, we'll send you another one or we'll give your money back. And as soon as they say, give your money back, I mean, I'm hitting buttons and invoices going out right that moment. So yeah, we found that out and I called my manufacturer. I was like, Hey, you know, there's something going on with my, my, uh, my parts here. And it was shrinkage from the plastic and the mold had started to um, uh, break down. And that was a problem that was going to occur on every single product. I think people don't understand how expensive these molds are to make. Oh, too. Like, they are really expensive. Okay. So have you ever played mixtape the game? No. Because I'm going to hand you this box because if I'm going to make my own fishing caddy until our digital version of mixtape comes out, I'm going to need a holder. Cool. I'm going wow. to need a holder for my, 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 physical version of mixtape but with mixtape you know we pull uh, and you go to mixtape the game.com um so we pull a card and we read a scenario but i'm going to invent one today this is cool oh. i'm going to invent one today so i'm going to normally like for example a sample would be like the song that plays is your last child leaves the nest we've played that card before today i'm going to invent a card because in the digital version you can make up your own cards mm. so here's the scenario i'm going to name a scenario we're all going to pick a song that's appropriate and then we'll vote you cannot vote for yourself okay i thought i know what this is going to be <laughs> the song that is playing in your head when you have the biggest fish of your life on the line oh on the and i'm i i'm going to let you guys i'll let one of you answer first because I've obviously invented it, but I didn't even know my answer until after I read it or after I invented it. So Limp Biscuit's not an answer. It is not. Limp Biscuit <laughs> is not a song, man. I'm going with the song that actually plays during Jaws. Oh, okay. Which is only two notes. So does Fuck You by CeeLo Green still work? No. Yeah. Not they, work no, they, actually, you know what? This might not, that might not, not work. work. We've determined when you play mixtape, the Fuck You by CeeLo Green actually is like the hack. It's good for almost any so it's, it's, answer. It's the, uh, what do you want to call it's it? Like Ace the, in a hole. It, yeah. It's like the skeleton key for mixtape. Oh, We're wow. trying to figure out, but it might <laughs> not, well, maybe it would work, but yeah, yeah but it's so played out. That's yeah, awesome. So I got to go with uh, Roland by Limp Biscuit. Oh my God. You roll. You're you're rolling them in, man. That's right. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> do you even like Limp Bizkit? I do. Yeah. Do you? Because yeah, yeah, like yeah. I feel like we need to like bring Fred Durst in <laughs> to like. <laughs> that would be really cool. Do you have an answer, Joe? Um, I don't know that who sings this song, but I that sing- means you have to sing it. I'm going to say the Rocky song all day long. 
Oh, like the gonna fly. It's called gonna fly. Yeah, it's the like theme, a triumph. The theme song to Rocky. Yeah, the final countdown. Yeah. Ooh, wait, that's a different song. Okay, that's the one I want to say. Yeah. The final countdown. countdown. Yeah. That's that not one. Rocky. Okay, what's well, in the Rocky movie, right? Rocky was well. If we're thinking Rocky, I'm thinking Eye of the Tiger. Okay, maybe I'm. Dun, 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 dun. That too. Rising up. Those are both excellent. I don't know the songs. rest of the words, but you you do. You <laughs> all right. What are we about. picking here? What are we picking? God, we all suck today. <laughs> um, <laughs> the theme song of Jaws. What? I mean, do you, if I played that right now, you would think of Jaws. Yeah. You I would, would. I'd probably drop my fishing reel and run. You do what you need to do. I'm, my fishing pole is going to be in the the holder of the fishing caddy, and That's I'm going right. to be sitting on the bucket drinking beer, so I'm not even worried about it. And it's filled with water, so it won't tip over. Boom. Right. Mine's going to be filled with beer. <laughs> All right. But I'm ready. God, I don't even know who What is your song? Um, what'd you say? The Eye I, of the Tiger? I, I can't come up with your answer, Joe. Like you the, came the, like with like four. You want to go with Eye of the, the Tiger? Eye of the Tiger is my, is my, my final I answer. I mean, it's kind of a good answer. I got to go with that well, one. I'm going with Joe. Yeah, <laughs> it does it though. <laughs> All right, Joe. So because I mean, you, you picked the, sc- the song that was supposed to scare me away from fishing. Because, so. where, and there's water. Where's, in front the, of where's the? Where's the? There's no bait in the money gun, dude. Here you go. Here, hang on. We're gonna load the money gun. Yeah, reload it with glitter too. About I mean, to make it rain. And, and well, we're going to. But I'm gonna. I'll I'll get the video for you, man. Because okay. I don't want to take any of your focus away. From your prize, dude, which is probably the greatest prize in all of podcasting. So hang on. Go ahead, Joe. Fire the money again. Let's see if it actually works. You're going to let me do this? This is awesome. Yeah, do it. It's all you. You won. You're the big winner. Can I like? You can do whatever you want, man. Make it rain. I'm going to take it back to the hood and turn it sideways. Oh, Oh, okay. We haven't seen that. that. We haven't seen that yet. (laughs) And there it goes. Woo! The new golden money gun has got power. I like it. Power. Is it empty? Is that the- oh, no. Oh. Look at that. There's more. Dang. Is it, is it bad that I just kind of have a basic? <laughs> you got to blow on it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> is it bad that I have a basic feel for like how much money should come out of the money gun? I seem to That's like have a, sad. I know. That's pretty cool. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming in. Um, are you on Instagram? Is it the fishing yeah. cabin? Yeah, we're on the inst- Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can find us on all the social medias. And, of course, visit fishingcaddy.com for your next so, fishing adventure. Dude, he's even doing my job for there, me. There's one more thing we didn't talk about. What? I want to ask about what? What? Real fast. So you made this awesome product. You Did you patent it? Yes. So have times. you had to worry about people, like, knocking you off? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, I welcome that. Nobody's, <laughs> you haven't had a problem with that? No. Wow. Do you, when you say you welcome that, it's just because they're kind of setting themselves up to fail? There is a major strategy involved in that. So please, right. please knock off my fishing caddy. Okay. <laughs> All right. If I'm you're sure. looking for your next idea, please rip off the fishing caddy. Exactly. So, well, anyway, once again, thefishingcaddy.com. If you want to check us out, you can do so at Startup Hustle Podcast on Instagram. If you want to learn more about the about, dude, there's so, there's was there still money, money in there? In there? A lot yeah. of money. Was like there undispensed yeah. money? Wow. If you want to actually go to Joe's Instagram page and try to give him some tips on discharging all of the money from the money gun. It's okay. It's okay. You think the fishing guy would really yeah. like turn it loose and just like throw the bait everywhere? But, oh, but. <laughs> um, so anyway, thanks again for coming out. Make sure you pick up a fishing caddy, post some pictures online, tag them, tell your friends about it, and uh, just remember, I'm still a better fisherman than Watson. Yeah, for sure. See you. But next I time. like sushi.
thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.